All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Crispy Sports Corner, Game 7 edition of the Thunder and Warriors. We're here to talk exclusive Thunder Warriors series. And no, I'm bringing on my guest, Noah, as always, a great guest to have on the show. Noah, I know you were rooting for OKC in that Game 6. We were talking all second half of that game. How are you doing? I got to check on you. I'm seriously... (laughs) Well... I know that I'm underage to be doing this, but I do have some money wagered on OKC, so that helped trigger my feelings uh, for for why I feel so strongly about them. I may or may not have bet on them at twenty to one in January, and now they're probably like three to one. So that there was there was a lot of money that I could and I still could be making. It's not like you know this is over as we're here today talking about Game Seven. But that's, I'm not really a real Thunder fan. I have a lot of respect for them. Money drives uh, emotion a lot of the times. And I really am disappointed at the outcome of Game 6 because, you know, they, were, it, they had all the momentum in the world that you could have in, that, in the position that they, ha- uh, they were in. It was a home game. Uh, they got outscored by 15 points in the fourth. Durant played horribly. But you know what? This isn't over, Chris, and we're here to talk about that right now. Yeah, well, it's funny. I, I still don't know if I believe if it happened or not. I was texting you throughout the game. Every time OKC made a shot, I was like, I don't believe. I don't believe in it. And you texted me, are you sure you believe now? And then I didn't text you, I believe, until until about three minutes left, or no, about one minute left in the game, in all caps, I text you, I believe, with a ton of exclamation marks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was... It was really hard. It was so weird to see. And no, I want this is the first thing that I noticed. And I noticed this throughout the entire the entirety of the series so far, except for those last final minutes of, of game six, is that OKC, weirdly enough, seems to be the team that's more composed. Do you agree with that? I do. And that's why we're gonna talk about predictions for game seven, but like I said, I'm gonna keep reminding you, this is not this is not over. This is not a foregone conclusion that Golden State's going to win. I still, I mean, OKC looked more composed. They've looked more composed throughout this series. They looked better coached throughout this series. I think uh, they ha- they played a really bad fourth quarter. That's that was it. Yeah. Durant played a really bad game, and for most of that game, when their superstar was off, they were they still had the lead. And we can't forget about what happened in Game One when Durant and Westbrook didn't shoot the ball particularly well, and they still won. So right, that's uh, it's. This is not the same Golden State Warriors team that we were watching play basketball a month ago, or two months ago, let's say. Even though they're in this position, and, and they definitely have the advantage, home court advantage is a huge thing, especially, I believe, in this series with these two crowds. Uh, they look like the favorite to win this game. They look like the favorite to be in the finals and probably be the favorite in the finals, but this is not the same team. Yeah, let's talk. let's talk game six real quick, because... That was one of the all-time greatest games I have ever seen in my life. That might be my uh, that might be the best game I've seen since the Ray Allen three in the finals against the Spurs, Miami uh, Heat versus Spurs, and was that two thousand fourteen? I believe. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, two thousand fourteen. And so the headline is obviously Clay going eleven of eighteen from downtown, scoring nineteen in the fourth quarter, carrying the the Warriors until until Curry came up with some few plays at the last minute. But a lot of everybody's talking about Curry and, oh, like he stepped up, he hit the game, he hit the game, uh, the shot that iced the game, he got the steal, and he's back. But I don't think he's back. Like a lot of his shots that he hit were normal looks that most people are going to make. Like 
he was he wasn't hitting the normal step back uh from five feet away with the with two defenders in his face he wasn't making no shots he was making the wide open jumper so I think this series is still open but the biggest thing to me was um was Andre Iguodala's defense I think that's what won them even more importantly than Clay's shooting I thought was Iguodala's defense which do you think was more important I think it was Clay's shooting I mean, you, you look at so? that. You look at that fourth quarter, uh, the start of it when OKC was up eight, and Clay just kept hitting shot after shot. That one yeah. shot that you know looked Curry esque, yeah. you know that almost half quarter pretty much. Mm-hmm. That he just pulled up and took. I don't want to undermine the greatness of Andre Iguodala's defense, but I just feel like if Clay doesn't go off in that game, they don't win. I just they don't they don't that brought them so much momentum, and this is a sport, right. basketball, which is momentum driven. And when you hit deep threes, especially when you're on the road, you have the momentum. And that most of the time results in success. Defensively, like if you keep stopping a guy, yeah, that, that definitely is important. But I don't think – I just think you take one of those away. You take the clay uh, going off. You take the clay going 11 of 18 from the three-point line away from that game and you replace that with average clay game. I don't think they win that game. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a fair point. I'm not really going to – it's tough because one, it's two opposite sides of the ball, and another thing is one is very aesthetically pleasing the clay shooting, and the other is is Iguodala's defense. But honestly, Noah, that's some of the greatest defense I've ever seen. He forced a strip on Westbrook, then, or I think it was first it was Durant, and then the very next play he strips Westbrook, and he just played sensational. That was some of the best. Uh, I don't really have the statistics, like all the advanced statistics on on like in front of me, but. Man, that defense was just incredible the way he was able to defend KD and Russ. None of them, whoever he was on, neither one of them got easy shots when Andre Iguodala was on them throughout that stretch. Yeah, no, like I said, I don't want to undermine the greatness of his defense. It was, I mean, it was very similar and adjacent to his defense in that finals last year against LeBron James. I think it was even better because LeBron scored nearly 40 a game in the finals. So, I mean. I'm more referring to, like, game five and game six. Okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, still, yeah. I, I'm i with you there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, will, will we get that again? Because it wasn't there all series. Like, how do I know yeah. that that's going to happen again? See, I, I could trust Iguodala. I could trust Iguodala. Um, I think this Warriors supporting cast, and this is a, this is a bigger issue, is I think this game is really going to come down to the supporting cast. We'll get to Game 7 later, though. I still want to talk Game 6. The supporting cast of Game 6 was was pretty good. Um, Draymond, Draymond played really well. I don't know if you consider him supporting cast, but he played real well down the stretch. Uh, Iguodala, like we said, Clay and Curry did their thing. Harrison Barnes uh, scored 9 points, and I believe it was only... I believe it was only 6 shots, so he, he shot very efficiently from the field. And... The key stat of the night, and Noah, you and I talked about this, that the the Warriors outscored made or the Warriors scored twenty one three pointers, and the Thunder had only three, and they shot thirteen percent from three. Now, that just a lot of that is Clay's hot shooting and the cold shooting of the Thunder. But man, when you outscore somebody sixty uh, sixty nine to to nine from three, you're gonna win. <laughs> More than likely, right? Yeah, that's that's why they won the game, and that's why I said that I think Clay Thompson's shooting was more valuable than Iguodala's defense because of that very reason. You look at the stat line or the team stats page, if you will, 
from Saturday night game, Saturday night's game, OKC had the better shooting percentage. OKC had the better free throw percentage. OKC out-rebounded Golden State. They were equal in turnovers. OKC had six more blocks in Golden State. Okay, where does Golden State have the edge in that game? Well, it's a three-point shooting. And that's what it came down to. They went um, 21 of 44 from the three-point line, Golden State, as OKC went three of 23. So that's the difference. And it's a huge difference because you're trading three points for two points every single down, every single time down the court. Yeah, and that's that's been the Warriors thing. And I know you and I both are fans of Colin Coward, and he's he's talking about how the Warriors finally hit their cold streak and. You know, it's it's a jump it's a jump shooting team. So every jump shooting team hits a wall, and they just happen to hit a wall. And it really did look like that until this game. They shot, yeah, like you said, forty six percent from three, which is incredible. And Clay, obviously, again, eleven of eighteen from three, shot the ball very well. The whole team did. Um, just looking at the stat sheet, though, I'm I'm uh, no contribution really from the supporting cast. Like we said. Sean Livingston, zero points in 13 minutes. Most spates, Mo Buckets, zero of four from the floor for zero points. Uh, he's actually, say what you want about most spates, but he is he is actually a pretty big role player for this team. He is. I think everyone on this Golden State team is here for a reason. It's probably the best uh, constructed roster in the league. And I know it probably sounds cliche saying that because the team won 73-9 and nine in the regular <laughs> season, but it's true. Everyone's here for a reason. You don't really have any of those outliers that you don't really, you know, ever, for the most part, every team has a guy that you just wonder why he's there. Uh, look at OKC, our good old friend Kyle Singler. I still have no idea why he's on that team. Yeah. Uh, Golden State, like, yeah, they have guys who don't play, but... You see why they're there. They still have a purpose. And Ian Clark, let's take for example, he didn't play last game, but throughout the season, and I think in the first round of the playoffs or second round, he's had some big moments. Like, every oh, yeah. guy on this team has stepped up. That's not the case with any other team in this league. Yeah, it's it's a very special constructed roster. The only person is, man, why is Kerr playing Verichal? He is just, she's well, like... he played like, for like a minute or so. I, I know I know that, but I'm talking just previously in the series. He he played he played a handful of minutes every game. Verjao did, and I know that he's a better free throw shooter than Azili and I believe Bogut. So that's why they do it. But man, like he he just can't move. You want Everyone wants to talk about Bogut and how he's breaking down. Man, Verjao is Verjao is what Bogut was now like five years ago. Seriously, like, I don't. Like he's, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that. I don't think you can play him at all. I like Sean Livingston in this. I think that's the thing is like the matchups are in favor of OKC. Like Sean Livingston, Mo, uh, Sean Livingston, Verjao. These are guys that you can play against most other teams, but you just can't against this Thunder team. Well, They're the re- just too too quick, too long, too there's, athletic. There's a very simple reason for why OKC's in the position they're in. Because I don't believe any other team in the league would be able to be in this position. Meaning. Game 7 of a series against Golden State with, I believe, a a decent chance to win the game in advance. And it's because they can switch on every single screen Golden State throws at them. They have have a great roster. They have a great eight guys that they play that are so versatile, that are so mobile, that they could switch on every single screen. They're like a LeBron James who can guard a 5 and a 1. And that's Golden State's bread and butter. They just set eight screens of possession, and they find the mismatch. The, dif- the difference here is there's no mismatch with anyone guarding uh, a warrior on, Go- on Oklahoma City because they can all guard everyone on the court. 
Yeah, and now now let's get before we get into game six, um, or or before we get into game seven rather, let's go on on the Thunder side. We kind of hit that KD and Westbrook. Now, I want to get a little bit away from the game and more of the impact. Is man, I do, I you know this that I rooted for the Warriors because you know the the media is going to forever criticize them and and crucify them if they if they go seventy three and nine and they don't win the title, right? Well. The thing is, is now Durant and Westbrook, like who I really love, by the way, are guys who are they're going to be crucified too if they lose this series. This is a lose lose situation for the NBA. It really is. Like, like how? What do you think? I guess my question I is. Think, uh, okay, yeah, keep asking the question. Okay, right? yeah, sorry. So I think I guess my question is, how bad does this look if Durant and Westbrook? Come up short and lose this series. Okay, how that's bad right. is yeah, it? Yeah, I thought you were going to ask what, who it would be worse for, and I think it's definitely the. Okay, Warriors. we can go both. We can yeah, go both. I think it's like absolutely that. the Warriors. I mean, look at in the history of sports. There's only one other team that I can really think of, and that's the '07 Patriots, who just went, you know, dominating regular season. Everyone said this is a foregone conclusion; they're going to win the title, and then choked. Uh, but this is different because this is the NBA. You look at M- the history of the NBA. Uh, a team with a historically great record always wins the finals, right? The Bulls, you know, had a cakewalk when they won 72 games. The 0-1 Lakers won, you know, when they had their record, they won 15-1 in the playoffs. And I think the league is definitely not watered down, as Tracy McGrady said, and I think this is the best it's ever been. And I think that's what you're seeing right now, why uh, Golden State's struggling. It's not their fault. I think there's teams that are... Because there's four great teams. Yeah, there four- are. Four teams that should be in any other season would be considered like would be looked at yeah, as historically right. like if great. This, if this Thunder team played in two thousand, they would they would have seventy wins. <laughs> like, yeah, and like the Cavs, same with the Spurs. Uh-huh. Like the Spurs almost had seventy. Like people forget how I know we're getting a little off topic, but people yeah. forget how bad the NBA was post Jordan. Seriously, we right. were getting Lakers Nets finals. Okay, <laughs> look at that Nets roster in like two thousand, and tell me if any of those players at at their best would start on either the Golden State Warriors or OKC Thunder. <laughs> yeah, and then and then you got the next year, you got Philly, which is just AI. One player, and, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's, people do forget how bad it was. Um, so you you say that it's worse for the Warriors, and Absolutely, I, I because, agree. Yeah. I agree because of the historical context. Um, and look, the Thunder are a team that won, what did they win, 55 games? No one thought they would be, well, yeah. this, you know, I've kind of been on their side for a while, but the, the the national media gave this team no respect throughout the season. So they're right. going to pretend to give it all res- the, the respect now. And you know, for a for a week or so, you'll see some backlash, and they'll write some stories and you know rumors about KD leaving, which I think that there's a 99 percent chance that he stays and signs a one year deal. Like I yeah, just don't think he's, he's leaving. He's not right leaving. Now. He's uh, not at leaving. least right now. Yeah. You you forced the, the a, seven, a team that went 73 and nine to a game seven, whether you win or lose that game seven, you're not gonna leave. Like like you you got Russell Westbrook in his prime with you in your prime. You're not leaving. So let's shut that down right away. If you want to go to, I'm going to Vegas right now. I'm putting all my money on KD staying. Yeah, uh, I don't absolutely. know. I don't know. I don't care what the odds are. I don't care if I win a dollar, <laughs> if I win a million dollars. Like that is that is just profit. Take that to the bank. Yeah, he's um, not leaving. Uh, but so, so uh, sorry to interrupt. I just want to say, um, I don't think this is really that bad for KD and Russell Westbrook. Uh, people nope. forget how young they still are, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they still have so much time to win a title. 
they do. It's just the thing is, is that they ascended so quickly that it seems like they've been there forever, right? Like it seems like they've uh, it seems like they've been this team that's been uh, or these these guys that have been there forever. But really, they're only twenty seven and twenty eight, right? Yeah, like they're, I think they're both twenty seven actually. Yeah. So um, yeah, they're twenty seven, twenty eight, somewhere around there. I don't have their birthdays in front of me. Um, yeah. I, I hope I hope for Durant Westbrook. I don't think this should be held against them, but I do think that in Game Six, you've seen that old habits die hard. That's what got them uh, in this posi- in that three one position was trusting the role players, and then in Game Six, all of a sudden, all the pressure was on them when Golden State came back because this was the game to close them out. And so KD and Russ went your turn, my turn against six turnovers from them in the last. Uh, in the last couple minutes of the ball game, four of them from Westbrook, two from Kevin Durant. Like that's just not acceptable. But, Why did Durant uh, take that three late in the game when uh, Curry hit that three to get up three points with like a under a minute left, know. and then Durant just chucks one up. It was like a chuck. Yeah, with twenty seconds that, left on the shot clock. That Westbrook one where he tried to get the foul and he got nothing. He just like sat down and whipped it at the backboard. That was bad. That's uh, why, I, but that, see, Chris, and I don't know if you're ready to transition into Game Seven. I think the way they lost that game is almost a reason that they can win this Game Seven because it was just so unusual and so out of character that it's hard to expect them to collapse like that again. Yeah, exactly. Like that. That's what my point too. That's why I'm I'm along with you. We can transition to Game Seven after this. Is that I'm I'm with you saying that it's not over because. A lot of things had to go right for the Warriors to win. Uh, usually when you have two superstars, two of the top five players in the league, then you're usually one of them's going to be on right down the stretch. And all they needed is, is Westbrook or KD. One of those, if one of those guys were hot down the stretch, it's probably, it's probably, we're probably looking at OKC in the finals versus the Cleveland, right? Right. Like, hard I to mean, disagree. It's a, a, also worth mentioning I mean, I don't have the stat in front of me because it would be super hard to find out, but how many times this season did Curry and Thompson combine for 17 three-pointers and only win by seven? Like, I feel like when that happens, they win by 30. And so let's talk about Game 7 for a little bit. I think that the role players are huge in this game. I said it earlier in the podcast, I think now. I think that the Warriors' role players are going to have to show up because these guys are all good. And you know the whole theory, uh, role players play much better at home. And I think that's been the case in this series, especially when you look at the Thunder and the Warriors, both sides, especially the Thunder. Some of the greatest contribution games they got were from uh, their role players at home in games three and four. So that's why I'm still, even though I agree with you in the whole premise that Curry and Clay scoring 18 threes and they only win by seven is ridiculous, but also... I think that there's a there's middle ground there because I think the role players will not combine for like eight points. Like they'll they'll step up and they'll play much better. That's my thoughts on okay. it. Okay, it's a fair. I mean, it's hard to disagree. But then again, I just when how many times that in the regular season did that happen and they only win by seven? I just feel like that is telling me something about this Golden State team and this Oklahoma City Thunder team. Just. I hate to use the phrase, the eye test tells me, because yeah. there's really no evidence, but I'm just going to use it anyways for what it's worth. I'm going to be honest. The eye test tells me that Oklahoma City is the better team. They have the better, the better roster right now. 
They're playing mm-hmm. better. They look better coached. And that's what make that's what's making this very difficult for me uh, in picking Game Seven. I think if it was a neutral court or at OKC, I would without a doubt go Oklahoma City. I but would too. It's so I hard to pick against the home team in Game Seven. Yeah, just, let me let me see if go go ahead and keep talking about your thoughts on Game Seven because I want to find this stat that I have on Game Seven home games. Oh, I think so, you already have it, or I already have it. Is oh, it, you have it in front I of mean, you. I, I saw it yesterday. Eighty percent of games, uh, eight of game sevens played were won by the home game or the, the home team. Sorry. So, right. I phrased that poorly. I'll repeat it. Out of all the game sevens that have been played in the history of the NBA, the home team has won eighty percent of the time. Yeah, I mean that's just ridiculous. Well, let me see. Let me see if I can find it because I believe the stat was. It was like 124 to or 120 to 14 or something like that was the advantage of Game Seven at home. Well, if that's 80 percent, then that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's just ridiculous, man. Like that is that is insane, and especially when you factor in like, look, these there's not really statistics out there, at least to my knowledge, that can factor in uh, one the strength of a home court. Like and we all know around the league that Oracle is one of the best home courts there is, and maybe there's ever been. Uh, so it's very, very tough to go against the Warriors. And again, Curry and Clay at home, they seem to hit more. And those those threes just that's what I that's what I love about this Warriors team is that those threes, especially at home, feel like daggers. Like when you see when you play great defense and then Curry just at the last three seconds of shot clock breaks you down and hits one, it doesn't matter the score. It feels like a backbreaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this Thunder team is tough. It's very resilient, that's for sure. But I don't know if the role players are. Deion Waiters has not shown up for two games in a row. Cantor's not shown up for two games in a row. Are these Thunder role players shrinking? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, no, do you think that these Thunder role players are shrinking or do you think they're just not playing good right now like what do you think here's the thing about role players for any team in the nba they're role players for a reason they're inconsistent at playing well right if they were consistently playing well they wouldn't be role players they'd be key players Mm -hmm. so i mean that's how i look at it i look they're just they're just looking like role players right now the warriors have had some games like that too right yeah like we said this whole series i mean Sean Livingston, zero points. Uh, Barbosa, zero points. Festus Azili, two points. Like, all these guys play significant minutes for the Warriors, and yet they they still have zero points. Like, that's why it took Curry and Clay scoring 70 points and hitting, uh, what was it, 14 three pointers? Or 18? Uh, 17, 18, right? 17. Oh, 17. Okay, so 17 threes. Like, it took all that. That's why, that's why I tend to think that if you get, you get like 10 from. You can easily get like ten from Livingston. You can get you can get up to like fourteen from Barnes. You can get you can get a few from Barbosa, like eight from Barbosa. Most spades can get you like thirty. <laughs> Most spades is so funny, man. He is he is just he he's a he's a real killer. I think he's no joke. Like all jokes aside, I know he's he's a very uh he's a very funny guy. A very um. He's one of those comedy guys you have in the locker room, those jokesters. But 
he he is really a matchup problem for OKC that mid range, and now that he's shooting threes too, all of a sudden out of nowhere, he just pulled that out of his ass. Um, he can shoot threes now apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think he's a real matchup problem, and I think that if he gets going and Livingston and and Barnes and Azili and Barbosa, if like three of those role players have good or decent games, I think I think the Warriors can win. So are we ready for predictions? Yes, we're ready for predictions. No, go for it. I'll let you go first. <laughs> okay, as you could probably tell in the last 25 minutes, I am not definitive with this at all, as it's very hard to be, because if you, are, if you know a lot about basketball, as I think uh, you, you and I both do, it's hard to you know pinpoint uh, one of the two teams here and say they're going to win, because both teams are giving us evidence and reasons to believe in them. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think I, I just it is so hard for me to bet against Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and the way they've played this playoff series. And I know you might be getting shocked where I'm going with this, but my mind keeps flipping back and forth. I had to sleep on it. I'm going with OKC. Wow. Holy. <laughs> Wow. I'm not kidding either. This isn't just like a hot take, let's, you know, get the ratings. This is uh This isn't a skip is, Bayless move. This is my right? real real prediction. Wow. I, I just the two games the Warriors have won the last two games the Warriors have won, I don't even think they like I don't think they're back. I don't think they played particularly well. I think mm-hmm. one player in game six played really, really well. Clay Thompson. Right. But he's known he's known as the second guy for a reason. Because he doesn't mm-hmm. do that on a consistent basis. I don't think I get that from Clay Thompson again. I don't think I get 41 points, 11 of 18 from the three-point line again. Why? Because rarely did that happen this regular season where he would have two games in a row like that. That's because he's the second guy. Curry, I still believe, is banged up. I still believe that. I still think I can't really bet on him to be there for this, for this game. Because he hasn't been here all series. He hasn't been here all playoffs. Who I can bet on? is the healthy team, the healthy stars who are bigger, who are stronger, who are more athletic, who look better coached to me, who, are, who can score from multiple places on the court, not just behind the three-point line, and still make a huge difference in the game. And that's Kevin Durant. That's Russell Westbrook. I just, I'm going with them. I, I know it's hard, as I just Jeez. said before, because there's just, it's, you know, this is not like, oh, you're an idiot for picking either team. Uh, yeah. I think I'm defying a little bit of history here because of the whole 80% of home teams thing. But yeah. come on, this this series is the opposite of history, right? This is so paradoxical. Like, no one really like thought this would ever happen. No one thought OKC would be in this position. Uh, everyone thought Golden State would breeze through the playoffs. And I think all that's going to catch up with them right now in this Game 7. Uh, and the last point I want to make is for most, of the, most parts of this series, the team that... Uh, the pressure is on for them to win that game, loses, right? Like, right. OKC had the pressure to win that game, game six. They lost, okay? Golden State had the pressure to win game four when they were down 2-1. They lost. I think the pressure's on Golden State here. I mean, there's certainly pressure on both teams, but how is the pressure not on the team that won 73 games to win this conference finals? Like, how is that not the case? Then again, the pressure was on them in game six, too. Let's be, let's be real. I I, I, I think that pressure. That, I like, think I think that pressure thing you can throw out the window. Yeah. I really think, 
I really think it's so equally distributed on both sides. It was probably a little bit more in the favor of the Thunder for Game 6, and it's probably going to be more in the favor of the Warriors for Game 7. But Warriors in Game 5 had that same pressure, win or go home, at home. They dealt with it. They're fine. Um, I, th- I I really think, so I'm you going, know. i got to go my score. Before you talk, I want to give my score prediction. Okay, go for your score prediction. You got a score prediction, too. Wow, you're uh, you're uh, really taking some hot takes here. <laughs> I'm going OKC 115-110. Wow. Okay, so high scoring. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that this is going to be high scoring. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, damn, now you're going to make me get a score. But before I get to score, let me state my case here. So with with the Warriors and Thunder, I think, man... I, I see you and I'm I'm totally I'm totally being one hundred percent um I'm being one hundred percent transparent saying that I can see the I can see the Thunder winning. That's not me copying out, that's me being logical. Like these both of these teams yeah, are right. great. And I've acknowledged that too. Both of these yeah. teams are great. But I I just I really don't like how that last minute those last couple minutes of the game, they went back to old Thunder. And that's what's killed them. Like I hate to be that guy that says, "Look, look, look at them doing uh, doing the things they've done wrong, and the old habits die hard, and all that." But it's it really is true to me. And I think, man, I just I didn't like that. And I think you're going to see that from even more of the game this game. And if if they play like that, okay, yeah, sure, one of them might go off, maybe even both of them. But still, I don't know if the I don't know if that's enough for them to win the game, and I don't. I think that's going to hurt them more than it will help them. Chris, so, can I ask I think you the, one thing? Okay, go for it. Which two superstars have been more consistent throughout the playoffs? Durant and Westbrook, or Clay and Curry? Oh, Durant and Westbrook, easily. And that's where I'm going with this. Okay. I I, I think if I have to bet on the two, you're betting on the two superstars, I think, because you right. know what? That's how big games are decided. You say it's going to come down to the role players. Like certainly that's going to be a factor, but down the stretch of this game, it's going to be the superstars. And who's been there? Who's healthier? Who's bigger? Who's yeah. stronger? Who's more consistent? It's Russell. Yeah. It's Westbrook and Durant. Well, let me counter that by saying that then after you compare those two, then there's Draymond Green. And who do you got for the for the Thunder? Like Steve Adams. Like, I, I think I think he's been. I, mean, I know he's impactful, but is he really gonna? Is he? I think Draymond's way more impactful than Steven Adams. And I think well, well, when when Draymond's playing well, he's more impactful than Steven. Has Draymond Adams. really played well though this series? Like he he had good numbers that last yeah, game. but like he had decent. Yeah, numbers, but he had points. so many good. He had so many moments though. Like that's the thing is like he's not. He's not maybe playing like a a star or a superstar that like we think he that we might think he is, but at the same time he's he made a lot of great plays at huge moments and he's played big time these last two games and I think at home he's going to play even bigger and he's going to play even better and so that's why I'm taking look the Warriors have after blowing game one in um in Oracle. So again, that shows that anything is possible. That the Thunder have won as recently as what was it three weeks ago in Oracle. Yeah. But I think that the last two games they they played in Oracle have been in favor of the Warriors. So I I just think that 
I think that the Warriors are going to win this. I think that it's going to be between Draymond Green and the role players are going to outperform Steven Adams and, and their their role players. Like, you know what I mean? It's KD and Westbrook, I think, are going to have a better game than Curry and Clay. But I think overall the bench is going to be better. And I'm going 108-1. I'm going 108-111 Warriors. All right. I'm excited. I <laughs> That's am, all I'm going to say. I'm, I think this. I think this is going to be a better game than Game Six. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope it's not one of those. I I really do think, and I said this before. Golden State could blow them out. Yes, That's still I, a possibility. That's still in the air. That, yeah, just I like it, it was a possibility last game for Gold, uh, OKC to blow Golden State out. Right, right, right. That's what I texted you. Is I'm like I'm scared that this is going to be a blowout. That this is this is going to be like a complete blowout. OKC all the way. And I think it could happen this game, too. And the only way I see that happening, though, is because I don't think the Thunder will get blown out unless they play KD and Russ, play that ISO, T, ISO duo ball the, the entire game, right? Like, that's the only way I see that happening. Yeah. All right. I think that's all, right, all well, to talk about. We definitely are going to have more podcasts coming. I hope to get on those yep. finals previews ones in the future. All right, we are we are finishing recording this at 3:48 p.m. Eastern time right now. I'm going to have this up for you before the game tonight, guys. Uh, take care. Thank you for tuning in to Crispy Sports Corner. Noah, um, go ahead and tell them where they can catch you at, and then I'll give my little plug, and then we'll be out of here. Mm-hmm. You can catch me at Noah Lofman, N O H L O F L O F M A N on Twitter, or at Palace of the Pistons. Uh, it's at Palace of Pistons on Twitter. All right, and as for me, as always, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Crispy1132. That's C-H-R-I-S-P-Y-1132. And you can find that on Snapchat, too, where I where I promote and do a little behind-the-scenes. I'm starting to try and do a little bit of behind-the-scenes work as I'm doing podcasts and stuff, give you guys a unique and different taste for that. Uh, I also do my hip-hop uh, music series in, in addition to this NBA series that I do, so stay on the lookout for that. And um, thanks for tuning in, guys, and enjoy Game 7. Noah, I am definitely going to be talking to you soon about the finals, right? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right, no problem. Take care, Noah. Bye.